Hi there, and welcome to the very first episode of Bridging the Gap, a podcast brought to you by the Financial Accounting Foundation. My name is Eileen Foley, and each episode, we will be putting you in contact directly with leaders from the Governmental Accounting Standards Board, otherwise known as the GASB. In today's episode, our host, Matt Broder, speaks with GASB Chair Joel Black to discuss and demystify the Financial Data Transparency Act, a hot topic these days in governmental financial reporting. Now, let's go ahead and listen in as Matt guides us through today's discussion. Over to you, Matt. Thank you, Eileen and Joel. Welcome uh, to the inaugural edition of uh, the Bridging the Gap podcast. We're delighted to have you here today. Thank you so much for coming. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, good. So we're, we're going to talk about the Financial Data Transparency Act, and um, I'm guessing that not everybody in the world follows this as closely as you do. So for those of you, for those who may not be following it as closely as you folks in the GASB, um, what is the Financial Data Transparency Act, and why is it a big deal for states and cities and towns that prepare financial statements? Sure, and we call it the FDTA, right? Financial Data Transparency Act for short. Um, It is an act that was signed into law in December of 2022 by Congress as part of the Defense Authorization Act. And basically, it requires the federal financial regulators, which include the SEC, Treasury, Office of the Currency, and others, to create a data standard that makes all the information filed with them machine-readable, or maybe for lack of a better term, digitized in a way. And some might think that that means, well, can I just have a PDF that's unlocked or searchable, but it's really something more than that. The Act wants the data that's in those reports to be um, defined in a way, to be part of a taxonomy, to be part of a schema, so that the machine not only can see it and pick it up, but also knows what each point in that, which information element in that, what each of those means. And it means the same thing from report to report to report. So that the machine not only kind of reads it, but understands it. Got it. So it's almost like it needs its own language to, to read and, and understand and be able to share with others. Right. In a way, yeah, that's right. And, and why states and cities and counties and uh, care about it is that within the act, it does uh, require the municipal bond market to participate in this through the SEC specifically being, being given the regulation authority to require any information filed with the Municipal Securities Rulemaking Board, or MSRB, to fall under this act and have a data standard required for it, which would encompass the municipal bond market that right. our state and local governments which thousands, participate which in. thousands of governments participate in. Got it. Okay. So it's got, it's got big implications. Um, so it's big implications for the cities and towns and states, but why does GASB care about this issue? Sure. A a good question. And we, I I like to kind of step back a little bit beyond just the FDTA uh, and talk about why we care about electronic financial reporting uh, altogether, because we actually have started looking at this and thinking about this prior to the FDTA coming along. And it was something that was um, interesting to me as I came in to be the chair about three years ago. Uh, And if you think about the mission of the GASB. It's to make sure that we, we set accounting and financial reporting standards for state and local governments in the U.S., but it's really to make sure that users of government financial information, which includes citizens, legislative bodies, and those in the investment community, the municipal bond community, make sure that you, those users are getting the financial information they need to make decisions and assess the government's accountability. 
we have in our kind of government community done that in much the same way for decades. We Government produces a big, thick, what used to be paper document, now it's an electronic paper document, a PDF. They send that out into the world. Users manually extract information out of that document to then ingest into their processes and, and use the information. I had to imagine that Technology was going to change that, was going to disrupt that somehow, uh, evolve that process. And so if you think about that in the context of our mission, and if there is disruption in that process and there comes some other way in which users can more easily get access to financial information, then they might start using that way of getting the information instead of that hard manual way of extracting manually from a financial report. And so... Who is it that makes the decisions about what information is produced electronically? If somebody else were making that choice about here are the right pieces to pull out of the financial statement document or the financial information of government, these are the information we want to make more easily accessible, then somebody else is kind of achieving our mission for us, right? They're deciding what information users get at least get easily. And I wanted to be sure we understood how that was evolving so that we could take our place, continue to achieve our mission, and make sure that users are getting the information they need in whatever this new mode of communication was. And so um, that's my interest in electronic financial reporting. FDTA kind of takes that thing that I thought was happening anyway and going to happen and really just speeds it up and kind of puts the SEC in the role of potentially making that determination of what's the right information to make uh, tagged in this information that goes to the MSRB. Right. So this transition, which you foresaw coming at some point in some fashion, is now actually arriving, and we, although we don't know the final form of it yet. It seems it is, to be. <clears throat> it's coming, yeah. Got it. Okay. So I know you travel a lot. You meet with stakeholders all over the place. Um, when you talk to stakeholders about the FDTA, what kind of outcomes are they looking for? And, and I guess maybe another way of, of saying that is, what kind of questions do they have? What concerns are they expressing to you um, about where this is now going? Sure. It is definitely a hot topic. Uh, and when I go to conferences, this tends to be mainly what they want us to talk about. And what you largely hear from people that are you know, optimistic and are kind of looking at, at what the positive outcomes of the act should be, it's really kind of that reduction of friction of information getting from government to end user? Can we make that process more effective and efficient to increase the efficiency and effectiveness of the capital market because we can get that information to them quicker? Uh, that's kind of the positive. That's maybe why this law we exists. Want, we that's all what, want that. We all want that to, to, is, is a good positive outcome. I think those that have concerns are concerned with, especially from a preparing government perspective, they're concerned with I'm limited for resources. I'm limited in personnel. I've got a, too much to do already with that limited resource. Now you're just adding one more thing to my plate, one more either technology solution thing I have to buy and understand and implement or, 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 or at least one more part of my process I have to add that I didn't have before, and I don't have the resource to do that. Mm -hmm. And then on the, the user side, what they're worried about tends to be am I going to keep getting all the information that I used to get? I don't want a reduction in information. It would be nice to have it easier, right, and more frictionless, but I don't want to lose information in the process. I don't want poor quality data. 
as a part of that process. So they're interested in making sure so they, they get the same or more information they don't want to lose and anything. that it's high quality information, right? It's the same quality of an audited financial statement. Yeah, so that, those tend to be the concerns people have. I, I guess that makes sense. I mean, if you're resource constrained on the one side and if you're information interested on the other side, you know, you don't, you don't want to go backwards, you know, no, no matter what. That's right. Yeah, That's good. Right. Good. So um, uh, you've, you've established that GASB has an interest in this. Uh, the question that I have would be, what is the role that you think GASB might play as, um, as this new era of, um, of digital financial reporting or electronic financial reporting kind of comes into being? What role would you guys have in that? So we do, um, I, I guess my view of it is that, that there is some, the data standard is really kind of a rule about what's the right items of information to be digitized. What level of aggregation or disaggregation should there be? What should the common rule be that's written that says here in a municipal financial statement, this is how we describe each piece of information that's in that and make sure that they're all encompassed. I think that we have a place to write that rule, to maintain that taxonomy, to maintain that schema, to develop that because it really is what we've done for our 39 years plus of existence is establish rules about what the information should be in financial reports, we could also kind of convert that into, if you will, this kind of data standard electronic age. So I think we definitely have a role to play there. And my view of it, our view of it would be that it would be kind of technology solution agnostic, which really means we're not gonna develop the actual technology solution that uses the rule, and we don't care what it is, whether it's you know an XBRL tagging kind of methodology or a data extraction, AI influence kind of technology solution. Any one of those technology solutions could use a rule that we develop to program into their systems, uh, create definitions, whatever that might be. So I think that that's a role that we can and hopefully should be able to play. Right. Okay. Good, um, I, I'm, I'm wondering though, um, uh, does the FDTA actually raise any accounting issues for, for local governments, state governments, um, in the sense, I mean, you haven't mentioned GAP yet, and you guys write GAP, and I'm just wondering, uh, does, does the implementation process, uh, will that require any, any uh, standard setting on your part? Yeah, short answer is no. Actually, the rule itself, the act itself, uh, says that no new reporting requirements can be created in the implementation of this act. It only kind of makes machine-readable information that's already required. So there will be no changes that we will have to take in gap to, to implement this rule. So no projects forthcoming that would require Not, No GASB standard number XXX right, related uh, that to will the, result in Got this. it. Okay, good, good. Now, as chair of the GASB, um, do you have any advice or insights for people that are in state and local government? Um, if they're tracking this issue and, and they're concerned about it, um, do you have any sort of thoughts about what it might mean for them? Um, I, I would say what I would suggest that they do is pay attention to and participate in the process. The SEC, in particular the Office of Municipal Securities, who is kind of has responsibility for the municipal securities market within the SEC is asking for and looking for market participants to participate with them in the rulemaking. They will come out with, at some point, rules 
uh, with an exposure. You can comment on them, but I would suggest being involved even before that. Tell them, communicate with them. They are open to listening. They have had a couple meetings with us. They are opening to listen to whoever wants to talk to them. They are, as they say, in information gathering mode. So I would participate with your groups like GFOA and other stakeholder kind of groups that represent you. You know, work on task forces. Make sure your messages are getting out to the SEC and participate in the process. Yeah. Now, if... um is your sense, and I'm not going to ask you to like put odds on this or make a wager, but is your sense that you know DASB will ultimately be responsible um, for uh, for driving the taxonomy that's going to um, you know guide these digital financial reports? Well, hard to say because that is totally up to the SEC. Okay. It is, I guess, worth noting that our sister standard setter, right, FASB, right has a contract with the SEC on the public corporation side. Right, FASB, FASB to, does oversee XBRL, right? That's, that's right. They, so. they maintain this taxonomy or rule, if you will, right. for XBRL on behalf of the SEC. So, so the SEC could do the same thing and ask the same thing of us, but... Well, we don't know. We don't know. Got it. Got it. Okay. Well, that's true, because the FASB has been involved with XBRL for, for many, many years now. That's right. Yeah. Um, so um, what's the next thing that, uh, that, that you expect to see in the development of this, um, of this interesting initiative? <laughs> well, it is, it's kind of broken into two phases of rulemaking in the Act. The first is all the federal financial regulators jointly are creating presumably some kind of broad data standard that then each individual agency will enact. And the law requires that broad rulemaking to happen within the first two years, of which we're six months in already. So in the next 12 months or so, look for broad joint rulemaking kind of uh, document to come out for public comment. And then the SEC will likely begin their rulemaking process and have two years after that to then enact their specific rule for, in our case, the Muni environment. But even that would just be when they're required to have the rule issued. So four years from the act, three and a half years from now, what its effective date will be is something that SEC has the ability to determine, so it could be even several years further down the road. Got it, got it. So, so you said they're in information gathering mode now, perhaps rulemaking in 2024 or some, you know, some, at some point sure. uh, uh, thereafter. Um, good. Well, this has been uh, great, Joel. Is there anything else that you think our listeners ought to know about, uh, about the Financial Data Transparency Act? Yeah, the only thing, other thing I would say, and this is probably advice for anybody, but in particular the state and local governments, is that know that these rules have not been written. The act itself is a pretty broad mandate on the regulators to enact a rule, but there's no rule written, which means that there's no technology solution out there that's already been picked that can solve this for you. So I would just say to state and local governments, don't go purchase some software because you don't even know what the rules are that you're trying to adhere to yet. Sure. Just participate sure. in the process along the way. Yep. yep. Great. Good. Well, Joel, this has been really illuminating. I'm grateful to you for your time. And uh, uh, thank you. And I'm sure we'll be checking back in with you about this and, and other topics in the, in the future. Thanks. Thanks, Matt. Look forward to it. Thanks. Thank you all so much for tuning in with us to this episode of Bridging the Gap. We hope you'll join us again, and please be sure to visit gasby.org slash podcast to subscribe and to stay updated on future episodes. You can also follow the Gasby on LinkedIn, Facebook, and X, previously Twitter. Bridging the Gap is a production of the Financial Accounting Foundation, produced by myself, Eileen Foley, and brought to audiovisual life by Patrick Doorsman.
So until next time, keep balancing those books, crunching those numbers, and embracing the art of financial reporting.